Welcome inside Locked On NHL. Every Wednesday, we take a look at the Eastern Conference and the playoff race is heating up with just about 10 games remaining in the regular season. We just watched a classic World Baseball Championship game and it made us think, why and when could we see best-on-best NHL competition internationally? All that and more. This is the Locked On NHL podcast. It's your team every day. Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen on this Wednesday, March 22nd. Locked On NHL is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more and visit the official sports book of Locked On. You can find them at fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. I'm Ross Levitan. Five days a week, you can find me over at Locked On Senators. And every Wednesday, we've got the Battle of Ontario edition. And back in the saddle, off the boat and into the driver's seat, it's Mike DiStefano from Locked On Leafs. Mikey, what's going on, pal? Oh, you know, back in the cold weather of Ontario. Actually, the I'll be honest, it hasn't been that bad. It's still plus weather. I think it's like probably plus five or six or so outside, I would say, in Ontario or, or in Toronto right now at the very least. But it's not the 30-degree sun weather that I was uh, loving uh, about four days ago. I'll say that. Well, as you were gone, you missed the Battle of Ontario. Pretty, pretty entertaining game, I think, uh, whichever team you cheer for. Yeah, how would you feel about Matt Murray stealing the show? Yeah, he looked good. I mean, the first one going up and over his head, just a weird bounce. I was like, oh, are we going to get the floodgates open? I was mostly kind of screaming at the TV during the shootout because the the joke had been, unfairly or fairly, that Matt Murray's glove hasn't necessarily been a strength over the years. And every player in the shootout, all nine rounds, it felt like they were trying to attack the five hole, open them up and try to like kind of open it and put it in backhand. I was like, just shoot high glove. You're going to get a good shot off. So that was my only qualm with the game. Obviously, Brady Kachuk ties it with 11 seconds left. Second goal of the game and then hits crossbar in overtime. So they got that close. But um, yeah, leave it to who, who got the game winner. It was Alex Kerfoot, I think. Kerfoot hadn't scored a goal in 25 games, but he got a shootout winner. So, you know. <laughs> Count just as much, eh, as, as far as getting you your respect in the locker room and, and making things happen there. But, yeah, all in all, great game. I think, what was it, 48 saves or 49 saves for Matt Murray in that game? Yeah, it was what he faced. 52 shots allowed. Yes. Four goals for the sixth straight game. 48, uh, yeah, 48 save performance. I mean, it seems like 48 save performances are happening a lot with these Ontario clubs. How about that Dylan Ferguson kid the other day? Yeah, I don't know if you saw, we had his mental mindset coach on for a fun interview on Locked On Sense. He brought him to the game in Pittsburgh and they were talking about him in interviews. I just reached out on Instagram. Like some of the, what was the line that I loved? He calls them... uh, cognitive calories or something like that and just like making sure that you're very on top of what you think about every minute of every day but yeah great story with dylan ferguson 48 saves and funny enough as some might not know he started the season with the toronto marlies 
Some people are saying maybe that we can consider the future considerations that Ottawa got back for Matt Murray. So a little bit of a tie in there. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> well, they just handed him over for nothing. I mean, Belleville was in a tough spot. We know Ottawa's top two goalies are out for long term. Cam Talbot and uh, and Anton Forsberg with the two torn MCLs. But with that, the ripple down effect. And Toronto was ready to send him down to their, their ECHL team out in Newfoundland. And Belleville's like, hey, you mind just sending him up the 401? We could really use someone to play games. They had the Queen's University goalie play three games in the AHL. They had to sign him to an ATO. That's They played nine different goalies in Belleville this year. So they give him a chance. And Dylan Ferguson goes 5-1 and one down there, has a 930 save percentage. And Otto's like, you know what? What do we have to lose? We've lost five games in a row. And we're going into Pittsburgh, a place where they hadn't won in regulation in 11 years. And they're able to pull out a 2-1 win. Uh, unreal. Great story. And we've had two of those in Ottawa, right? Kevin Mandelazy made 45 yeah. saves in his first career start. So, yeah, it's uh, it's funny times. Uh, good story, though. I, the people in Pittsburgh, I don't think it's as good a story as the people in Ottawa think of that one. Because, like, that's a team that's clinging on to a playoff spot. And with that loss, the same night, Florida wins. And all of a sudden, Pittsburgh on the outside looking in in the playoff race here in the East. It's very interesting. And uh, we still have the delusional Sens fans who think they're in the mix, but it's a three-horse three, three horse race right now for two spots. In your mind, although for me, the Islanders, and you saw it firsthand against uh, Johnny Tavares and company back in Long Island, on Long Island, uh, with a 7-2 win last night. But I, I think the Islanders, and you look at Elias Sorokin as, as reason number one, A, B, A, oh, and yeah. C. He's so ridiculous. There's no way that he's going to lead them to an under 500 record throughout the last 11 games. I think that the Islanders are in. And then you're looking at, yeah, the Panthers who just jumped into that final playoff spot pounced, may I say. Um, they're they're going to be battling Quad their way back up the Quad. standings. Now they play Ottawa twice, the Panthers do. And they play, this was the, the more wild uh, anomaly. The Panthers and Leafs still have three head-to-head games down the stretch. That's if three games still to go. I know they played tomorrow. Yeah, um, I didn't realize there was three more games though. Yeah, three of the last eleven games for the Panthers are against the Leafs and two more against Ottawa. So they've been uh, typically we do see at this time of year a lot of people migrate from Florida to Ontario back for the summer. So maybe the NHL team's just taking a page out of that book. Say this, the Florida Panthers have the 15th hardest schedule remaining. Is Ottawa still number one? Ottawa has the third easiest schedule remaining. Third easiest? Yeah, easiest. So now now because of this last stretch, it was the hardest as of last week. Sorry, 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 sorry. Third hardest schedule, my bad. Yeah. yeah, I was going to yeah. say, can't drop that much. But their last games have been uh, at Edmonton, home to Colorado, home to Toronto, at Pittsburgh, at Boston, back-to-back. Yeah, Tampa's got the second hardest. They've got Boston, Carolina, Toronto, and New York. Nashville with the hardest sked, and they're out of it anyway, so it doesn't really matter for them. Uh, in terms of the teams that are in fighting for this playoff spot in the East, though, you've got Florida, as I mentioned, 15th hardest schedule. They've still got Carolina to play. You mentioned it. They've got Toronto three times. They've got the Rangers who uh, are playing some pretty good hockey as well. So that's that's a bit tough. But they do have Ottawa twice. They've got Columbus. They've got Montreal. The Washington Capitals have been just trash recently. So there's some winnable games for them. Pittsburgh, kind of a – they got some tough games too. So they got Boston, Jersey. They've got Colorado tonight. 
They've got the Wild and Dallas Stars, so they've got a bit of a difficult schedule. And it looks like the Islanders, of all the teams that we're talking about in this little three-horse race for two spots, the lightest schedule, and even with a light schedule, they still have Carolina, New Jersey, and they got the Bolts twice in uh, down the stretch here in their final 10 games. Coming up next, we'll take a look at the standings in a little closer view. If you're watching on YouTube, we'll pull those up and discuss them with only two games tonight in the National Hockey League and only one, including an all-Eastern Conference. Or sorry, not all-Eastern Conference, but in the East. But I always love when these matchups happen between Nathan McKinnon and Sidney Crosby. So we'll get one of those two teams going in opposite directions. The Avs have won six in a row and the Penguins have lost four straight. That's all coming up. You're listening to Locked on NHL. Today's episode of Locked on NHL is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. New customers at America's number one sportsbook get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That's nice. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. You can also do the same game parlays, which is a way to get that plus money back into your account. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It's the official sportsbook partner of the NBA and the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Mikey, everyone's locked on to NHL right now. But I got to say, it's a great time of year to be a hockey fan in general. You get the NCAA tournament, which I'm a big fan of. Single elimination in the fact that your entire season is over is just such an amazing way for for NCAA to to have all these conferences meet in one area. Uh, I know Leafs fans have a rooting interest, and it might be against the number one team. Because Matthew Nyes is expected to sign uh, the prize prospect of the Maple Leafs. How much do you pay attention, if at all, to the NCAA? Uh, I mean, like, I keep track on what's going on in the NCAA. I wouldn't say that uh, I go out of my way to make sure I watch the games by any stretch. But, you know, I keep track of what's going on and, and the players and the prospects. Like, I like the draft, so I do like to, to see what's going on with some of these guys. In terms of Matthew Nyes, like clearly he's the number one prospect in the Maple Leafs pipeline. So he's someone who I've been kind of watching for a little bit here. He's a Hobie Baker nominee. And, you know, he's he and his the, the you know, Minnesota are the number one seed going into this championship. And, and I hope that they have a very long, successful road and he ends up winning the championship and then comes to Toronto, a built champion and ready to go to play some some more playoff hockey <laughs> when he gets here there'll be i think on the eighth i think is the championship game and then there's a few more games after that that he could play for the maple Leafs in the regular season and then we'll see if he factors into the playoff roster but um i, I think it would be selfish for maple leaf fans to wish the minnesota team not to do well so that he could get here early i would rather team success his individual success and then come over when they're done, be a champion, and then come and play a couple of games and, and maybe, you know, factor into this playoff roster. 
I like that. I like that look because you, you want these guys to be winners at their level. You don't want them to get used to losing. But the teams that have lost, we have already seen some signings over at Locked on Sens. We're just awaiting Tyler Clevin right now. North Dakota season ended five days ago and getting nervous by the day here. Five days. If he goes back to school, he can be a free agent. We know uh, you get three years after you're drafted until uh, the players like Adam Fox, although he, he made himself a ranger either way. He was the Nimala and Hirvanen draft pick, correct? Correct, yeah. If you love looking at graphs 24 hours a day, you love that trade for the Leafs, even though they're all at zero games played. But uh, the Sens are just missing that that big-time defenseman who can just throw the body around and be a be a prick and uh, 6'5", 220, and, and moves bodies. Actually, had 21 goals in 90 college games, too. But anyways, we'll save that. Lots of, uh, lots of fun times in NCAA and... Mikey, as you said, you don't have to watch the games to appreciate it because the atmosphere on any clip that throws up on Twitter, it's instant watch for me. It's its awesome to see just that college vibe and uh, and the players just being so emotional and invested and uh, just that youthful exuberance. So I love that. And we got the Memorial Cup, obviously, at the end of the road in playoffs, uh, CHL playoffs starting within the next week or two as well. So uh, I know in my neck of the woods, people are fired up. The Winnipeg Ice, the number one team in Canada right now. Good team. Uh, Good team. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff, and uh, we'll see if all these draft pick trades work out. Hey, Mikey, we see in the uh, CHL every year. Like, what did Zellweger go for? Like eleven draft picks? Oh yeah, it was insane. <laughs> Zellweger went for, I'm pretty sure, more than Shane Wright did, which is also crazy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and and <laughs> the CHL, the way that they just trade picks like it's candy for you know one last kick at the can with that group is just wild, wild to see. And every team does it. Only one team can win. It's almost like in the NHL, it's sim, you know similar situation. We saw so many first-round picks get dealt, and especially in the Eastern Conference where you had the Rangers, you had the Devils, you had Toronto, obviously, um, all make big moves, trading out multiple draft picks and prospects to uh, to to get you know try and win a championship. But only one team is going to be able to win that championship, and uh, we'll see who's successful after it. And the teams that don't win, sometimes their players get to go to the world championships, but that's never a best on best. Mike, what do we have to do to get best on best tournaments back to hockey? This is absolutely ridiculous. And on the heels last night, the World Baseball Classic Championship. And what is that? Every four years, I feel like? Yeah, it's every four years now. And uh, I think this season more than like this, this one that we just had feels like it was more monumental than the one prior and previous. And I think it's just because it was such great baseball and it just got better and better as the tournament went on. It got more fanfare. And even like the fair weather baseball fan was tuned in. And then when it got to the championship last night, I don't know how many people, you know, stayed up and watched it, but you know, Japan versus USA it was Shohei Otani versus Mike Trout, arguably the two best players on the planet right now playing against each other, their teammates in Major League Baseball, and then going up against each other. And the game literally ended with Shohei Otani striking out Mike Trout on a full count for Japan to score the upset over USA. And it was just magical, and it was awesome. And, you know, the fanfare, you saw the buzz that was generated online, and it just made me kind of sick to my stomach knowing that we haven't seen that in hockey in a very, very long time and I just, I, I I implore Gary Bettman to figure this thing out. If there's one thing that I can ask the hockey gods for, it's not for the Leafs to win a championship. It's for international hockey because that's best for everyone and best for the game moving forward is to get that 
back on the hockey schedule, whether if it's every two years, four years, whatever. I just want to see best on best hockey and real best on best with nations, not continents playing with each other. Yeah, I mean, the only thing you have to say to perk up any non-hockey fans' immediate attention is, yeah, 25-year-old Connor McDavid has never played on the same team as as 35-year-old Sidney Crosby. Like, how unacceptable is that? These guys have been in the league for seven years if you're McDavid, so together they've been that long and uh, never had the chance to play on the same team. McDavid had a comment today, actually, about uh, about the fact that there's no best-on-best and. Um, what do you say? Whoops, I just had it. Of course, it just left me. Um, what do you say here? It's what we've been asking for in hockey for a long time, right? Best on best. He's like, did you see the Ohani versus Trout? That's what hockey's been missing for almost a decade now. And uh, he's he's not wrong. Not wrong at all. He's not wrong at all. And it's so frustrating that uh, that we have to sit here and just ask and ask. They should be wanting to highlight their stars over and over again like the pa should have to get involved where it's like hey our players can't play that much they should be pushing every possible chance to have a best on best tournament and it creates so many fun storylines the next years when they meet on the same team or if two teammates like we saw with otani and trout they go head to head like imagine uh, you know seeing two guys like like for for the leaf fans right marner and matthews going head to head and in a, in a game and they got a couple board battles. It's like, you're going to finish them hard or what's, what's the play? Like how, how bad do you want it in that situation? So um, I think it's, it's super disappointing and upsetting that we've gone so long. Cause for a while there, they did well, right? We had the O2 Olympics. We had the O4 world cup, then Olympics in O6. And then after that, it really just took a backseat. I know we still had two more Olympics to go after that, but the world cup was gone until 2016. And, it's just kind of it's trash. It's it's like they don't care enough, and they're so they're so kind of singularly focused on the NHL. They don't understand that by expanding, you get all these different opportunities. The most they've expanded is Olympics, and they can't even use the video for it. Like it's it's so embarrassing. They need to put on their own tournament to showcase their best players. And that's what Major League Baseball did, and and like the NHL did that, I guess, back in 2016. But it wasn't with, you know, conjunction with the rest of the major leagues around the the hockey world. Like we had stars from Puerto Rico, stars from the Nippian League in, in Japan all kind of shine through. There was that one kid, I can't remember what Mexico or Puerto Rico, he was throwing gas, signed a contract in the MLB because of it. And it was like he instantly became like a household name over the last couple of days because of that. And um, you know, the NHL for them to, they could put on this tournament, but I hope they include the Russian leagues and the Swedish leagues and the Finnish leagues, and they can all kind of come through and put together something. I mean, I know the double IHF is supposed to be, you know, the, the mediator between everybody, but if the NHL, like you said, if they could do it and that allows them to have autonomy of the, the video licensing and all that stuff, they could get the video, the, the rights to broadcast and all that. I mean, that's just best for the game, Ross. It's just best for the game overall long-term. That's how you grow it. That's how you grow it in these sports or grow it in these countries. Like Canada, we're, we're, we're relatively fine. America, relatively fine. But it could grow bigger and better in these countries, but even bigger and better in other countries. And putting it on the grand stage like that, best on best, literally showcasing the best of the sport to people who may not typically watch it, that's how it's done in the same fashion that the Otani and Trout 
hype was able to get for people who don't typically watch baseball. They were tweeting about it last night. You get the exact same experience in hockey or something similar to it at the very least, but the NHL just hasn't done it. They just do not care, and I just don't understand why. It's nonsense. No, and talking about needing to grow, continue to grow the game in different parts, guess where I'm going to be next Monday, Mikey? It's my turn for a little sun. No, you're going down to Zona? I'm going to Mullet Arena, baby, Monday. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be at the Mullet with 4,400, not 1,100 <laughs> of my best friends. Uh, and timed it well, dude. Oilers. I got to see McDavid in a little intimate setting. It's going to be like a private viewing party of Connor McDavid. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, it's like a little one of those little intimate concerts at at like a, a local club, but it's a big act and you feel very special to be there. That's what it might feel like for you. Yeah, I'm excited. I'll have a full report then uh, next Wednesday. Obviously, we leave the Western Conference for every Tuesday. Dane Lewis and Brett Holden. Have you covered two teams that are going to be making playoffs out West? And I don't know who, who I'm most convinced is going to come out of the West. Remember I kept singing the praises of the Winnipeg Jets. My God, I don't think they've won a game since. It's so bad, dude. It's so bad. Yeah, but lucky for them, it's been equally as bad for the Calgary Flames. So. And actual Predators. Nobody who's nipping on their heels can win any games either. Yeah. And, uh, and they're still trying to do their best to, to keep this tailspin. Uh, going, but uh, yeah, I, I need them to turn it around. But the Dallas Stars, the reason that got me on that path, they're uh, they might be my my favorite coming out of the West. Coming up next, we'll talk about who the favorites are coming out of the East. And I promised we'd pull up the standings. We'll do that, and I cut it at a very interesting location. All that's next. You're listening to Locked On Senators, Locked On NHL. <laughs> All that's coming up next. You're listening to Locked On NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by Indeed. No matter how the last game went, anytime you take the field, you've got a shot at greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the only job site you're guaranteed on Indeed to find quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay for their service. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. With Instant Match, Instant Match, it's a time-saving tool on Indeed. You sponsor a post and you'll get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description. You can invite them to apply right away. You only pay for quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements. So go to Indeed.com slash locked on and claim a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked on. This offer is valid through March 31st. Indeed.com slash locked on and claim a $75 credit. That's easy before March 31st. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need to get Indeed. You're locked on NHL. I'm Ross Levitan from Locked On Senators alongside Mike DiStefano from Locked On Leafs. We've got two weeks left in the NHL season. That's how quickly the stretch run has snuck up on us. I should say three weeks, but I think all these playoff races will more or less be decided by that Easter weekend that starts two Fridays 
from this one. All right. Where do you want to start, Mike? Do you want to start at the top of who we think should be the favorite coming out of the Eastern Conference? Or do you want to look back at that wild card race and close up that chapter? Uh, why don't we start at the top and then we can close it out with, uh, with the conversation about the, the race. Sounds good. Who's your favorite right now as we stand on March 22nd? Do I, I kind of have to say Toronto, don't I? I mean, <laughs> I don't know, they're not mine. No, you know what? Like, honestly, I, I don't know is, is the honest answer. Like I, there's not a team that I'd want to bet a large substance of money on right now. Like there really isn't. I think Boston obviously is the team you look at and they're probably the, the favorites to come out of the East just based on how they played all year. And they just, got even better at the deadline and those guys have played great. And you got to think once, you know, Taylor Hall and Felino get back, they're an even better, you know, better and deeper team than they've been the last couple of weeks where they're just spanking teams. It looks like, um, so that's obviously a team that's going to be up at the top of the list, but I really have liked the, the New York Rangers. Anytime you got Igor Shesterkin and net, it's a good chance to win a hockey game. What they've done, adding Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko and incorporating them into the, into the team. I, I think that that's a, just such a oh, that team is so well built. Um, and then obviously I, I think Carolina can't be slept on ever. They're just a well-built and, and well-oiled machine. And they have been for so many years. Goaltending is a little suspect and a little questionable with Freddie Anderson, but uh, the, the rest of the group is, is built really well. I think the, uh, the, the devil's probably a year or two away from being like true cup threats, probably just a little bit young. Um, so to see them as like the second highest odds to win a cup is, is a little surprising to me to come out of the East there. Uh, oh, actually no fourth, fourth highest. That does make sense. Actually. Um, I was reading it wrong, but the Leafs do have a shot, man. They really, really got a shot. If they can play their game and at the top of their game, I don't think there's a single team in the East that should really scare them. Like, is there a team that's better? Like, yeah, Boston might be better. But are they a threat where it's like, I, I can't possibly see Toronto winning? No, I could see them winning a seven-game series. So it's it's a it's an absolute dogfight in the East. It's going to be awesome to see who comes out of the East. We already most, I mean, we know it's going to be Tampa, Toronto in, in the first round. And I just, I think that that's a tough head-to-head when you have Vasilevsky, who, who can just be an X-factor. I don't remember exactly, but he didn't necessarily play well last season in that series, did he? Uh, who? Sorry, say that again. Vasilevsky. Did he play well in that series last year he against? Played the, he played towards the end of the series. He turned into Vasilevsky for Game Six and Game Seven, and just completely shut the door. And and that's what he does in game clinching games and elimination games. You just don't score on that guy, and that's the problem, right? So, but anything could happen, I suppose. Like you, you got to think at some point, sometime the Tampa Bay Lightning get tired and, and a team can kind of take advantage. I think they're a little, not weaker, but like they have less depth in their lineup, both up front and on the blue line. So maybe this is the year that uh, a team, hopefully Toronto can uh, take advantage and, and finally send them pack in early one year. So we're on FanDuel Sportsbook right now. And if you go to the Stanley Cup odds, Boston Bruins plus 400, Number one, Colorado Avalanche plus 700 and plus 900. There you are. The third best odds, the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know where I'm going to be laying my money when it comes to the Eastern Conference, especially these Stanley Cup odds. I mean, 
I'm tempted to take a couple long shots, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, who, who in like the mid range do you think is the most realistic? Like, who do you think is under or undervalued here by the sport? Mm, undervalued team. There's one I'm looking at in particular. Is it Dallas? Mm, no, I actually kind of like where they're at there. I mean, they're the the second, they're fourth in in the West. Uh, maybe. No, I'm. I mean, it's on. If they're coming out the West. I mean, they're pretty undervalued at that point, are they not? Mm, yeah, yeah, you're right. But I guess I like this value even more, and it's on that row. It's the Los Angeles Kings. Yeah, I don't I'm know. A big Kings guy. I'm a big Kings guy. Corpus Allo looks like he's fitting in nicely there, and you know, I I have to sprinkle some on our New York Rangers always. Yeah. Oh yeah, always. I think Edmonton too is actually a team that can make some noise. Mm-hmm. Like if they can just get competent goaltending in the playoffs, I mean, just imagine what McDavid and Drysaddle can do come playoff time. A healthy Vander Kane, um, and now they've got an actual defenseman. Dude, we'll save. Yeah, we'll save for the Western Conference show to really kind of gush over his play. But my yeah. God, he looks unreal. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He's headline pickup, right? Easily. Well, not often that you hear too. Apparently, his wife wanted to move to Edmonton. She's like, "Yeah, I'm from northern Sweden, and like, I didn't like the weather in Nashville. I want it to be freezing." So that's just music. You know how many Ekholm jerseys just got printed off the press in northern Alberta after that one? So how didn't they make it work in Winnipeg? I know they should have. This is exactly the type of player they needed too. <laughs> Uh, they got a lot of money locked up in the back end for, for years and years. They got term left with like Dylan Schmidt, Pionk, tough Morrissey, which is good. But other than that, yeah. Anyway, so we'll save that tomorrow's uh, power rankings on locked on NHL, locked on NHL, not locked on sends. I'm not even going to cut that out. People will get a laugh out of it. <laughs> I mean, we do that five days a week. It's local experts on the biggest stories. And this is the time of year where you got to be locked on to every single team, because whether your team is looking towards the draft or looking towards the Stanley cup race, it's the passionate fans that make up this network. Mikey, I did the math because we know we got a lot of two hosts on shows. If you had to take a guess, trivia time, how many Locked On NHL hosts there are? Just on the Locked On NHL channel, how many do you think there are? Fifty-one. Forty-nine. Oh, so close. Forty-nine. Passionate, insightful hosts. There's lots of great interviews. You can go check that out. Locked On Leafs, Locked On Senators, your team every day, local experts, on the biggest stories. All right, for today, we say goodbye. We hand it over to Power Ranking Thursdays on Locked On NHL. I hope you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Put a five-star review in on Apple and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, Locked On NHL. For today, we say goodbye. For Mike DiStefano, I'm Ross Levitan, and this has been the Locked On NHL podcast, your team every day.